is up, everybody? My name is James D. Fiore, and this is Casual Friday on a Monday. I missed last Friday for various reasons that we won't get into, but I decided instead of booking a new guest for today, I just want to do Casual Friday on a Monday just to show how casual Casual Friday can possibly be. And so I want to just cut to the chase with our guest today. We actually have two guests today, but we are going to welcome to the show at this moment in time. His name is Mr. Spenny. Spenny, how are you, buddy? I'm uh, I'm well, and I want to know why you missed uh, last Friday. <laughs> it was a I bad. Mean, you said you didn't want to talk about it, which is exactly what we wanted. Um, to I, I guess since the maybe the second time since I had that stint in the hospital, I had a, a bad mental health day. Let's put it that way. I'm trying to navigate anxiety without using medication and ADHD without using medication. Yes. And it pulls you in these two different directions often. Yes. You know? And plus, Uh, I can never find my keys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. ADD, uh, I've never, I mean, I've done recreationally the, uh, what's it called? They say Trump snorts. uh, Adderall. Adderall. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ativan is the other end of the spectrum, I guess. I don't know. Um, I don't even know what Ativan is, to be honest. It's uh, lorizepam. Oh, like like a relaxer? I guess so. Anti-anxiety pills, supposedly. Oh, okay. I might, I've never actually done or been prescribed or whatever you want to call it, uh, anti-anxiety medication. Yes. And uh, it might be time to. I'm one of those guys that wakes up um, pretty much every day now with the same nerves that I felt on the first day of school when I was a kid. <laughs> Do you okay. know what I mean? And I'm like, why is this happening? And, uh, you know, there's no earthly reason or there's millions of reasons that I'm not even thinking of, but, and then usually as the dirt. Can I give you my take on a general take, whether it applies to you, but maybe someone who's going to watch this. Okay. Um, I think what people do is the problem with anxiety. It's a dysmorphia of time Hmm. because you, you start to worry about things and then it, it grows. It's like a snowball when in reality, you've bundled all those problems into one thought or anxiety session when these things play out over days, months, years sometimes. And yeah. uh, I find that calms me down, especially at night, right? When, when you're laying there and uh, the TV's off and, you know, uh, you start to think and you think about things and you get anxiety, you get worried. And then I just remind myself, hey, you know, it's not i don't have to deal with all this right now someone explained it to me once like this and it totally made sense to me that anxiety is when you worry about what hasn't happened and depression is when you ruminate about what already has happened that's interesting yeah that's very interesting and i never looked at it like that before but um anyways uh you know i it's just something i'm probably gonna have to deal with i i i don't really enjoy the idea of going on another medication because of what happened to me last time and i know they're totally different anti-anxiety versus ADHD stuff, but you were, you were taking a lot of the, you weren't taking them as prescribed if memory serves, right? I was abusing the Adderall. Yeah. But my prescription I've been told was way too high. Anyways, it was like the highest you could ever give anybody. Um, It's like 60 milligrams a day of time release, you know, um, Adderall. But anyways, um, so let's go down to, uh, to more, um, you know, uh, positive subjects, uh, such as cluster munitions. (laughs) We, uh, so I wrote a piece uh, last week for Cryer, and my headline was, Pentagon decision to send cluster munitions to Ukraine should worry all NATO allies. I was actually surprised that um, I got, 
kind of the pushback that I did and you were one of them, but you know, like there was no conflict or nothing like that. But I was, uh, cause I recall reading things like this. This is a tweet. Um, and we don't have to care if you don't like the person who tweeted it. That's one thing. doesn't matter. It's Eric Weinstein. Um, but he said a year ago, I was induced to believe via the media CNN, Vice, BBC, that Russia's willingness to use cluster bombs was intrinsically wrong and indicative of their savagery. Did I misremember that or are ours good cluster bombs? What the fuck? I know I'm Putin stooge for not getting this. That's exactly how I felt. I felt exactly like that. Because I, the way I remember the media handling um, the evil Vladimir Putin, and of course I think he's evil, I'm not being sarcastic, but, but that it was a, um, e evidence of how evil he could be by utilizing... Um, cluster bombs, which Canada and a hundred other countries are signatories, um, sort of the similar the way that we banned landmines back in the day, where we all were, where a whole bunch of countries became signatories to the summit on eliminating landmines, and mainly the reason, and they're very similar, is that because you could put landmines in a certain area, and then ten years later, a child would be walking along that area and blow up, and. The cluster munitions thing, I was surprised at some of the pushback because I don't think people, I'm not sure if people understood uh, exactly what kind of weapon this is, but just, just to give people an idea, cluster bombs are uh, comprised of what they call bomblets. And, bom and, and there's just all these little bombs and they, and they sort of like uh, carpet bomb basically an area. And it's not, it, it's twofold. One is that it, it isn't uh, precise. And so when you cluster bomb an entire area, you know, you, you're, you're hitting targets that maybe you don't want to hit that have innocent civilians in them. But the main thing is that um, a year later, because these little bomblets look like toys and children often pick them up thinking that they're toys and they get set off and the children are killed. And I, I was just like, it's either a heinous weapon that you shouldn't use or it isn't. So that's where I was coming from with this. I wasn't trying to say that like Vladimir Putin should be spared, you know, the idea of a, of a weapon being used against him. That's effective. It wasn't really like that, but the arguments that people were making seemed to suggest that like, well, if he can use them, then we should be able to use them too, as if they cancel each other out or something like that. So what are your thoughts? First of all, on, on cluster uh, munitions and, and all that stuff. Three, three thoughts. Uh, first thought is ultimately I'm a peace guy. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. You know, I can't control this stuff. So there's a war happening and people are getting slaughtered. Uh, that's number one. Uh, number number two was I was uh, affected by the fact that uh, Joe Biden and his team had quite a long debate about it. And he said publicly it was a very difficult decision to make to use them. So there's a reason. I don't know what it is, uh, why they think it's a good idea. And then maybe most importantly, still the same point, uh, Zelensky wants them. So basically, my entire way I think about humanity has a lot to do with the Holocaust. Uh, because I'm Jewish and I grew up with a lot of information surrounding the Holocaust. And uh, I just believe uh, uh, people... Perhaps Putin, certainly Hitler and, and, and other leaders uh, that have, uh, you know, fascist dictators, or whatever, are capable of anything, literally. Uh, end of story. So I'm on I'm on Ukraine's side uh, in this war, though. I do respect people who don't think that uh, they, they should uh, be helped as much by 
Canadian government money and American government money. I disagree with that, but I don't think it's at all a, a bad. I don't think if you say that you're all of a sudden Putin's puppet like that, that thing, yeah. is, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's a legitimate uh, concern. I just for my how I think and where, where my ideas come from, uh, I'm on Ukraine's side because I don't I don't understand Putin well enough uh, other than what kind of everybody knows, which he could be capable of anything. So I did say kind of what you when we talked before, which is if 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 Russia has it, I want uh, Ukraine to have it. Uh, and that's that's still true. I, I, I believe I don't want to give the Russians any advantage because they already have <laughs> unbelievable advantage if they want to use it. As far as kids getting blown up, I mean, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Uh, but I do have uh, faith, which I, I think this is where I disagree with you sometimes and a lot of people. I do have faith in expertise and governments uh, doing something uh, that may be controversial and a difficult decision. But if they said it should happen, I'm I'm basically OK with it. That's I, I, I read as much as I could about it. I, I didn't read anything that said um, these weapons will be very valuable uh, in the fight because of this, that, and the other thing. But I did see a bunch of articles that said, and including The Intercept, that said that um, these weapons are going to be used on Ukrainian soil against yeah. Russian military, which means that any future children that pick up these bomblets and get blown up is not Russia's fault. In that okay, so, particular situation, so James, why? Uh, and you may know the answer. You may not know the answer. Why does Zelensky want them? And why does Biden think that it's okay after a very serious discussion about it? Well, I think we have to. I'm one of these people, and this isn't a popular opinion because I we're very. Um, you have to be all or nothing, for or against. And I am for Ukraine, but I'm not in the um, business of blank checking Zelensky. I, I that's just that's perfectly I, reasonable. Yeah, I don't think he's infallible. I do think he's treated like he is because everyone is so anti-Russia. There's nothing wrong with being anti-Russia. Okay, that that's perfectly fine. But when 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 one side is so reviled, the other side does get a blank check. And and I don't know why cluster bombs in the Pentagon meetings of the Joint Chief of Staff or NATO meetings or whatever it was that determined that cluster bombs are the right way to go. I don't know what the motivation was. I don't know either, but here's an idea, which mm -hmm. is uh, what I see happening, and I could be wrong, I often am, uh, that we're seeing a, a, a war in a sense, an ideological war uh, between democracy and fascism. Uh, and I think that's happening. I, I think it's happening internally in the United States to a certain degree in Canada, uh, less so, thankfully. Uh, and and uh, I'm for democracy, totally. Uh, and uh, I'm not saying you're not, by the way, or anybody who doesn't no. support Ukraine doesn't mean they're anti-democracy. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that in the big picture, I think it's a bigger deal than a lot of people give it credit for. It's happening across the world. you got Stephen Harper, uh, you know, uh, you know, sort of hugging uh, Orban, Victor Orban. Uh, met someone uh, Hungarian uh, on the weekend who loves Orban, tried to explain it to me. Uh, but I do see that that's what's happening. And I think that that's happening because uh, the the right, uh, which is more involved with religion, I think, and is more involved with uh, 
sort of fascist things and forcing uh, people and really at the end of the day uh, letting the rich get richer and the privileged get more privileged and kind of fucking everybody else not a you know a mind-blowing thought but that's kind of how i see it and uh i i uh, i want to fight that uh i want to fight it on twitter i want to fight it in the elections and i and in this war to me uh, I, I, I've lost, uh, I'm going to talk about this later if we get into the topics we talked about, but uh, I've lost all credibility. A lot of people have lost credibility for the entire political spectrum. I've lost credibility for uh, the right more than anything else. I, I think they have no credibility anymore. I don't trust what they say. They're uh, not all of them, of course, but the, certainly MAGA and all that. They're just liars. They lie like a fucking rug. And uh, I don't like them. And I don't, I'm more angry about them than I've ever been. And uh, getting back to cluster bombs, uh, I just want to I want to do everything we can to fight authoritarianism because I think it's it could win. And I, it's dangerous as fuck to me. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I, I think it's it's interesting because um, and, and again, I'm preambling this only because people are really simplistic nowadays. They're a mile wide and inch deep. I'm not equalizing these two sides. Whatever side you're on, don't write me emails saying that it's a false equivalency. I'm just saying that um, it seems like um, if you're a progressive or if you're a conservative, that um, the loudest voice on the progressive side are like the woke crew. Um, And I'm not talking about people who just uh, believe in equality. I'm talking about people who will lecture you at the drop of a hat just because they feel like you said a keyword they don't like, like free speech. Well, let's get into that at some point, but we're not there. And then the right, um, you know, with the MAGA crowd or whatever, I, I do find that, um, like, even the cluster munitions argument seems like a biblical argument, an eye for an eye. If they're going to well, do one it, one of your we viewers, I just had to interrupt. One of your viewers has written in the uh, whatever you call this thing. Biden himself said, "I don't know if he's right or wrong, or she. It's he, Floyd, probably." Uh, said it's because they're running out of munitions. Maybe I've never heard this argument before. We're running out of munitions. Let's send the weapon that everyone hates because it kills kids like i've never i didn't know that cluster munitions was the go-to weapon when you're running out of munitions i didn't know that it might be it just it seems like a pretty eh, what i find interesting uh is that you said they're using it in ukraine so you either think well that's why i think it's so misguided because you're going okay, to be because okay, Zelensky's enough, decision enough. might end up in dead ukrainian kids in like right. the next and year you or don't two. think he knew right. that or understands that risk uh, I'm sure he does, but that's what makes it all the more bizarre. No, it doesn't, because I think he's he's scared. <laughs> he's got a nuclear power with, uh, you know, I don't know how many more soldiers and, and money behind them than he has. So, uh, you know, look, uh, I nobody, I, I know it's hard to say. And I, I thought, because I knew you wanted to talk about this, I, you know, I'm going to sound like a, you know, a, a hawkish kind of, you know, but obviously... I don't want his little children's killed. And I'm pretty sure Zelensky doesn't. And I'm fairly certain Joe Biden doesn't. So this is an instance where it's just an ugly situation. Uh, and the United States have ponied up. And so is Canada. And uh, I just, I despise Russia. I hate to say it. Not Russians, Russia. To Justin up- Trudeau's credit, he did say that um, after the announcement uh, that he still doesn't agree with the usage of cluster munitions. And that's fine. That's fine. But I go back to my first or second argument, which is that if Biden and Zelensky 
with lots of debate and understanding of what the weapon does want it, there's a reason for that. And if it's if it's as simple as they have no other munitions to give them, I find that hard to believe, but maybe that's true. Uh, then I'm on that team. I'm not on yeah. that, I'm not on the other team. I, I, I go back and we'll, and we'll we'll pivot after this, but I go back to the whole Zelensky is not an infallible person. Um, no. You know, there he he could be dead wrong about this. I think he is dead wrong about this. Absolutely, I could he, be too. But when but but it, what's funny in the time of war, uh, especially when there is a decided bad guy, is that the other side can never do anything wrong. There's no mainstream media article that exists that takes Zelensky to task for any decision he's made over the last year well, and a half. Well, maybe Zelensky, but they certainly have taken Ukraine to task with this bullshit that they're Nazis and that they're stealing all this money. You know, I, I'm sure there's corruption, there's corruption and everything, and maybe I'm wrong and they're completely stealing the money and enriching themselves. And uh, mm. I, I don't know, obviously, but uh, I, I, I'm, I, I notice that there's a trend and, and you're like this too, James, but you're very thoughtful and intelligent. You tend not to believe the, the sort of standard stuff, whether it's in the media or the government. And I kind of do. I don't expect perfection. I, I, I find that a lot of the hysterical, uh, paranoid theories coming out of the right and the, the convoy people and the MAGA things are ridiculous. And I've always said, and you'll appreciate this more than anyone, I would love to be wrong. Because yeah. if I was wrong and those people were right, I could breathe. And I could say I don't have to fight as much, fight as hard. And I would admit that I was wrong because I don't have that problem. But yeah. I don't think. But I don't think they're right. Yeah, I don't mind being proven wrong. I mean, it, it's 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 par for the course when you talk as much as I fucking talk. I never shut the fuck up. Right? Like you're gonna be you're gonna be wrong eventually, and and that's totally fine. Um, you know, this war is really interesting because we're not allowed to be nuanced about it. Noam Chomsky talked to me about this about how it's like. Um, we, he's like, let's agree that Russia is bad. It's a dictator. It's authoritarian, all this kind of stuff. Why would you over the last two decades continue to creep with NATO bases closer and closer to the authoritarian dictator who's unpredictable? And I think that's a very good question. I don't it's know what the answer is, point, but it also, I know Chomsky pretty well, not personally, but his, his mind, the way his mind works. And he's one of those people. And maybe he's right that a killing is a killing. Doesn't yeah. matter for who is it coming from or, 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 or why he looks at that. That's how he looks at things. So if the U S government holds back uh, funding, which makes people starve in another country, uh, he sees that as murder. And uh, you know, perhaps literally that's true. I, I don't know. I'm certainly uh, <laughs> nowhere near his intelligence, but I do know that that's a very logical way of thinking. And he's a logistician. I think they're called, he's, he's very into logic. Well, look uh, at the United States reaction to the Cuban Missile Crisis. Sure. And then imagine a half a dozen Cuban Missile Crises, <laughs> but but Russia's the the nation that's that's being like, what the fuck, you know? Like we don't we don't even the, out the context when when it comes to stuff like this because Russia let's, is. Let's yeah. be clear because I want to know what you think about this. Yeah, sure. Do you think that this is about the industrial military complex making money, the Ukraine war? Fuck. which is a big I, I, conspiracy that could be true i have no idea i don't think it is i, I think that's as i don't think that's the motivation for the war but i think right. that is a symptom of what happens after war begins okay i would say um yeah okay so i go back to uh 
the guys I, I, I like uh, and that I'm for, and I hate to make it sound like a sports thing, but war basically is that. There's a winner and a loser. I mean, it is. Yeah. Politics, maybe not so much, but once you're in power. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just say what's in my heart. I, I, I know a lot of people uh, will agree or disagree. I don't know. I, I'm all in for Ukraine humiliating Russia, and maybe that's a fool's errand. I don't know. Well, there's there, there's an interesting thing to be um, about picking winners when you're the uh, a world leader, uh, and you decide which. Because let's face it, back in I guess World War II, um, domestically uh, women uh, that you know because the, there was basically no women soldiers in World War II, they were at home working in factories making Rosie, munitions. Rosie the Riveter, right? And and, and war profiteering was considered to be evil. War profiteering is like, it, it's the standard now. So when you're Zelensky, you're picking winners and losers as far as weapon manufacturers go. And I'm not being a conspiracy theorist. It's just true. What makes him pick one manufacturer over another? I don't know. Probably American influence. I have no idea, to be honest with you. But I know that war profiteering today isn't even called that. It's called weapons manufacturing, right? Like it's a totally different thing. Um, and if I may use this as a sloppy pivot towards... Uh, uh, our own leader, um, because uh, I, I I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago about how Justin Trudeau was picking winners and losers in the vaccine procurement process, and and he was, and it delayed our vaccines by about a month, because uh, you know he had a chance to get twenty million doses with no middleman, and he chose to wait a month and use uh, a source that had a liberal friendly middleman. But, but but nothing about corruption surprises me. It's yeah. never going to go away. It's part of the human condition. I'm not saying it's right. But uh, can I just say one thing? My buddy Floyd Bumby, I think his name is Bumby or Bumbly. Yeah. Um, it's a great way, he says, for the U.S. to degrade R Russia without having to do the dirty work. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's what proxy wars are all about. Right. And this, you know, to most people... Not most people, but to many people, this is a proxy war. Maybe I'm uh, wrong. Maybe this whole uh, idea of authoritarianism versus democracy isn't really real. It's a manufactured concept for media or whatever. I think it's real. That's what I think. Well, I, 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 I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's real or not. I think, you know, the theater of war is often exacerbated by media and governments. But what about the idea that w what's the line? So, OK, so we're doing cluster munitions right now and some people um, are OK with it because Russia's used them. Is tactical nuclear weapons also a choice in there? What about H-bombs? Yeah. Well, what, what about, con what about concentration camps? Wait a second. You know? Putin's already threatened. I know and threatened. I, I, I kind of believe in, what do they call it? The uh, When both sides have can fuck up the other one so bad that nobody does anything. Unfortunately, I think that's the only reasonable, and it's so unreasonable to any humanist, you know, normal person. But mm -hmm. we're humans and we're flawed and we're fucked up and we're greedy and we're nasty at times. And we're also wonderful. But mutual mutual assured destruction, I think it's called mad. Yeah, uh, Cold War you know, stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to think that Putin isn't going to use a nuke uh, on on because there's an, a, a possibility that they'll get nuked back by the United States of America. Well, we're so conspiratorial to now, too, is that if a nuke detonates somewhere, 
There'll be a whole bunch of people that will blame the side that didn't do it as like a false flag operation or whatever. Like well, the Russians certainly will do that. Maybe America. I think the that's more the Russian style than America. I don't believe MAGA. I don't believe that the FBI did, did the insurrection. I think it's all complete and utter fucking bullshit. We and have I'm a lot of historical angry, evidence that, about it, that we're still talking about it. Not there's a lot. Me. There's a lot of historical evidence of America utilizing false flag operations. But uh, I, I, in I the modern, believe I, I, I believe that. Yeah. I'm not saying that they never do it. I'm saying I don't think that particular case that was going on at all. I think the Nord Stream pipeline pipe pipeline bombing uh, was an attempt by the United States at a false flag, even though they admitted that they would put a stop to it on camera. And then not too long later, it was bombed. I and saw then that. They... Yes. What was his name? You had the guest on talk. Seymour about. Hirsch. Seymour Hirsch, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, even when they say it, there's so many people out there that'd be like, Russia did it. And it's just, I, I know they're evil, but you can't just lay everything at their feet, every single thing. Russia could have just turned the pipe off. They didn't have to bomb their own infrastructure in order to make a point. I, 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 my ex-wife lived yeah. in Russia. She's American and she lived in Russia and she told me what it was like there. Now it's one person wherever she went. It sounds fucking awful. I got to be honest. Oh with yeah. You. you know, I, I, I thank God every day that I'm there living in Canada every fucking day. I don't believe in God, but I thank him. I don't know why. But, um, uh, uh, anyways, uh, I'm, I'm thankful of living in, right. I'm thankful. Yeah, go ahead. No, you're right. And I tried to say it's not Russians that I'm mad at, although I've met a few of them in uh, fucking Cuba that I wasn't too crazy about. But anyways, <laughs> uh, look, uh, the government, I'm just talking about the government. I'm talking yeah. about a government uh, that controls the media 100 percent, unquestionably, undeniably. That's ground zero for me. That's that's fucking fascism right there. And as flawed as the media is in Canada and the United States, it's a hell of a lot better than that. And that's the side I'm on. It is better. It's getting worse, but it is better 100%. Because, you know, yeah. Um, but speaking of... James, in any... Except yeah. my I, I don't like the Canadian media fund. I don't like that. And, and one of the reasons is, whenever I look at legislation like that, I always immediately imagine what it would be like if the, if the, if the other party was in power. So Pierre Poilievre is prime minister one day, and he's got the Canadian Media Fund. Who do you think is getting money? These same liberal progressive groups that are getting it right not. now? Of course, of course not. not. So then all these liberals and progressives, as soon as he becomes prime minister, if he ever does, and he changes the landscape to fund rebel news and post media to a larger extent and all this, are going to be like, I can't believe this. Like, it's like, dude, what did you think was going to happen when you introduced $600 million? That's to why the elections are so consequential. And yeah. it's amazing to me that I still encounter people who say they're both shit. I'm not going to vote. The whole yeah. system's like, it's just, yeah, it, it's maybe it's all shit, but there are differences. There yeah. are real fucking differences. Anyways, I look, uh, uh, I, I, you know, speaking, speaking yeah. of differences, um, this is a file photo. I have of Pierre Polyev uh, from not too long ago. Can I tell you something to blow your mind? <laughs> a guy named Rob Cohen. Yeah, a friend of a, a, a guy that I know who worked on Single White Spenny. He wrote one of the scripts. He is the he is Milhouse. They got oh, really? the, the face from him. He's got the glasses. <laughs> Look up Rob Cohen and put his picture on the uh, on your show. I will. Rob Cohen writer. And then Pierre probably have got a makeover and now looks like this. 
Um, he also, and I don't have these pictures, he also was wearing shades and people think he was wearing a shirt that like artificially enhanced his pecs or some shit like that. And all I kept on thinking the entire time is um, two things. One, um, the left or liberals, whatever you want to call them, they seem so hypocritical pointing at a man's appearance, what they, considering that they had to deal with that shit for years with their leader and his hair and his beard and his rolled up sleeves and his like ripped jeans at gay pride and all that kind of stuff. But they felt really f cool and giddy about pointing to a guy who literally just took off his glasses. <laughs> like, yeah. like the, you know I, what I mean? Uh, I yeah, totally go ahead. agree with you uh, yeah. on, on that. But here's my point, a little bit different, which is that it's so petty for any side to be picking on the looks. Oh. I mean, imagine Diefenbaker in the, <laughs> I mean, what people would, but anyways, <laughs> listen to me. I'm just saying that there's so many consequential things, uh, abortion, housing, the economy, you know, that, 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 and that is classic social media. It's the dumbing down of something that's very important, you know, to whatever degree you think it's important. You can't say it's not important, government and that kind of stuff. Uh, and this is the level that we've sunk to some people, not everybody. Uh, that's why I like uh, Charles Adler and you and Dean, you know, you guys, you have fun with it. But, you know, you, don't, you know, that you're not you're talking about important issues that matter to people. Yeah. But making fun of uh his looks or whatever it's just what do you so, think of what did you think of the pictures of uh Poliev and daniel smith with that guy wearing that t-shirt that basically said something about straight pride thank a straight couple for being well, for existing, I, I can only I, i'm gonna i'm gonna uh divest if that's the right word to what adler said because i listened to the podcast he did with dean i think it was with dean anyways and it was that um you know they have they know exactly uh, who comes up to take pictures. They've got a team. They've got a private area. I know from my stupid meet and greets on Kenny versus Spenny, the first thing I do is look at the t-shirts the guy's wearing. It's really? usually a rock band or something. It's just a natural thing. So what, what, what Charles said uh, was that it's a dog whistle to, to the base of, uh, you know, and uh, I believe it's true. I believe, yeah. I believe that uh, they, 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 and then they lie about it later. I, I think they're douchebags. I have lost all credibility with these fucking right-wing people all credibility it's easy to believe impossible to prove that's the way i look at it you know i i don't really i'm, I'm agnostic I, I look at it and i'm like my mind is like this i could easily imagine a situation where um they they're know. like there's a line of a people and they're like this and da, 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 and they're like this and like they you know maybe they look maybe they i have no fucking idea i don't know how you prove about, it but, but i don't know about smith but uh, uh, uh i can't say his name polya he's posed with the convoy people and claimed he didn't know them like he's full of shit let's be honest i don't i'm not even saying he'd be a bad prime minister though god forbid that happens uh, i i'm just saying like you know it's quite believable based on how he plays the politics game uh, that that they're dog whistling to their base. Let's it's be believable. Honest. It's believable. They're taking, it... the worst. they're taking the worst of the United States right wing bullshit, and they're using it here. Yeah. Whether it's Rebel News or fucking uh, Polyev or half of these right wing people I see online, it, they're copying them. Like it's 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 so obvious to me because I'm a political junkie. But anyways, back to the makeover. Linda M says, but his team is who has changed his looks. 
thinking it would influence voters. Therefore, it's fair game as far as I'm concerned. Again, I don't recall any liberal supporters making that same point when they were making fun of his hair or his new beard during the pandemic. I don't remember any conservative or liberal being like, it's totally understandable that the conservatives are making fun of Justin Trudeau's beard. Like, no one said that. I just think it's, it's, it doesn't say anything. It's just like being in kindergarten and laughing at the kid who pooped his pants. Like, it's just fine if, you, if you're okay with it and you think it's legit. I really don't care. I just think there's other important uh, issues, obviously, that yeah. are more important. But what, I, what scares me is maybe that actually matters. That the electorate is so fucking dumb, and, and uh, I got to see this movie that came out, the YouTube effect. I haven't seen it yet. The, I saw the guy interviewed the director yesterday. He's an actor, but he directed this thing. Uh, I don't think we understand really how damaging social media and and computers and what we're doing has been for uh, intelligent conversations and, uh, and 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 understanding civics and ethics. That's what I think. And, I, and I'm as guilty as anyone else. I'm on it constantly. I think yeah. it's a riot. No, uh, Not to belabor the point, but now Linda M says Trudeau's team didn't change his looks as an electoral strategy. How do you know? He, he grew a beard and there was an election not too long afterwards. <laughs> so, so, I mean, like, again, we, we and I'm not trying to pick on Linda here, but I, I do think that we don't even notice sometimes that we give our guy a pass for what we finger wag others for. It's 100% yeah. true what you're saying. Yeah. 100%. But, you know, um, my argument is, okay, whatever. If you want to do it, fine. It makes me laugh. I mean, I see GIFs, are they called? I think they're called GIFs. All I think we're time. supposed to call them GIFs, but no one has brought that yet, and we all call them GIFs like still. Like Pop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like GIFs, and, and, and they're funny. You know, they're they're stupid, they're mean, they're, uh, they're like kindergarten class, but, you know, whatever. Um. We, we touched on it a second ago, but um, the religious part of, of, oh. of all this uh, oh. is this has been happening in the States for like a half a century. Yeah. And, and the underpinnings and the cemented kind of base of like soldiers, basically um, that make up groups, organizations, nonprofits that the Republican party has owned and funded and unleashed out into the public um, has, has created a situation where Roe versus Wade gets overturned where Trump, all he has to do is like say the right things and all the religious people love right. what he's doing. The wolf. It's called the, the wolf. wolf. The wolf cons. That's right. Um, and you think, do you see, so I'm, I don't know the answer to this. So I'm not, I'm not asking uh, for any particular reason. I, I, I truly do not know how, uh, how much influence religion and especially um, extremist Christianity, uh, how much, that is playing a role in Canadian politics right now. Okay. I know that that it's used. I know that God-like messages are used as a fundraising tool. I understand that. But I don't recall um, conservatives during any election in my recent memory that was really invoking the name of God constantly. I I don't recall that happening. So maybe educate me because I could be wrong about this. Well, I only know from, I think Dean posted something where it was... uh which I would have never had seen a brochure, anti-abortion brochure. And of course, God was never mentioned. But why does it have to be mentioned? We all know where 99% of the anti-abortion argument comes from. It comes from religion. And let me just say this. I was to the point where not only was I tolerant of religion, I thought it was a good thing. And I actually uh, identified as a Jesus guy, historical Jesus, not the miracle Jesus. I'm not that far. <laughs> uh, 
Jews for Jesus, now, stirring spenny. Yeah. I am now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am now as anti-religious as I've ever been. I'm almost angry and not at not at decent Christians or when I say decent, that's important to talk about. What does that mean? A decent Christian for me is a Christian who believes, I don't care if they literally believe it or they believe it, but they don't proselytize it and push it on everybody else. They don't get it into politics. They go to church. They've got a a social function. It's a good thing. We have no communities anymore in this world because of, you know, that's Chomsky, right? We all live, we don't even know who our neighbors are. So it's a community. It's like a farmer's market. And and, uh, the gospel of Jesus in and of itself, uh, from what I know of it, and I know a fair bit about it, it's, it's, it's very decent and and pure and beautiful. Uh, What's happened in my opinion is uh, this group that you're talking about, these people uh, that are, have uh, decided that uh, they are going to uh, push the Christian agenda on the rest of us through politics. Uh, I can't now you said you don't think it's going on as much as Canada. hundred percent. I don't, but I do think it's, it's starting to come here because I see all the anti-trans hysteria as, uh, as totally from a Christian place. And what's, what, what's really bothers me now is I can't get a sense of how big MAGA is, how big the anti-trans movement is because they talk and they, uh, perpetrate themselves as being, huge, you know, like a, a major decider, you know, and, and uh, that'll swing people. That scares me because I don't think I don't think it's true. I think there's I think they're a loud fucking minority. Uh, and uh, I, I just can't stand them being involved in politics. Ronald Reagan was the guy who got them into politics. They were very apolitical before Reagan, as far as I understand. And, uh, you know, I just saw this, you know, here, I'll talk about Muslims. I, I you know, I don't care. I, I'm not and not anti-Muslim, but uh, these Muslims now are getting involved with the school thing and what you can teach and not teach in school. And it's religion that they want taught in schools. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, that's what they want. They're never going to get it, but that's what they want. And it bugs the living shit out of me uh, because it, I just I'm so against it, because at the end of the day, I just think religion is uh, it, it, it is it's like a movie. It's not based in any kind of reality. It's a it's a it's a cult that's been around for years and it served its purpose. And I'm ready to evolve and move on for it, taking the best the best parts of religion, the love, the peace, the understanding. Uh, but uh, get it out, get it the fuck out of politics. But here's yeah. the interesting question. I want to ask you a question, Jim, yeah. which is, uh, you know, let. The, the right is talking about this trans issue as if the schools are grooming children. Uh, they're showing them porn like, a you know, a Rocco Zafredi film somehow is at a, a, you know, a toddler's library in Mississauga. You know, I, I, I have trouble believing that that what these people are saying has is even close to the reality of what's going on in schools. I... I don't know. There's so much disinformation out there. There was something going around about a month ago. Uh, it was apparently from um, a Toronto school board or something like that. And it was talking about like sexual acts. And it was apparently intended for like a grade six audience or something. And some of the shit was really disgusting and like, like eat porn that I would never, that I would probably feel like I went blind if I saw it or whatever. I never was able to find out if it was schools? true. 
And What's they that? Showing it to, and they were showing it to kids at schools? Well, that's the thing. I couldn't find out if they were or not. I, it, it was well, really... Can we both agree if they were, it's wrong and it shouldn't happen? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But it most likely is this gaslighting that they do. You know? Right. And, and I think that the gaslighting is uh, is just a, uh, a measure of control and manipulation for uh, the religious people to get what they want. So well, they, they but there, there's much worse than what it is. I think any reasonable parent would not want pornography or any kind of, you know, major sex. What they were talking about is diversity. I think it's okay if a young child knows that some families there's two dads and some families there's two moms and some family most families there's probably the mother and the father. I have yeah. no problem with that. That is decent you know, and it goes back to, I mean, they're getting to the point now back to conversion therapy. You know, it's not like I know a lot about gay people, but I know a lot of gay people and I don't think they chose to be gay. They're gay. And, right. and, and religious people don't like it. Let's be honest. They don't fucking like it. And they're going to do everything in their power to fucking push it out and put it in the closet. And I'm against that. A thousand percent. You know what hurts the pro-gender activist side, and I and I truly believe this. And those who have heard me talk about this before, I don't give a fuck anymore. If you roll your eyes, I, I'm not afraid to talk I've about. I've heard you say anymore. this, but say it for the new viewers. Like, like the, the litmus test to me is: if you think J.K. Rowling is a bigot, then you're part of the problem because you shouldn't have to just be like, "I am totally for" or "I'm totally against." If you're one of those groups, I don't even want to fucking talk to you. I don't. I, 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 you know, I want to be able to have an honest conversation about this but what, shit. But, but what, what organization or philosophy or wing doesn't have a radical element? Yeah, but that's the only side that we hear, right? Yeah. Do you think CBC is going to interview? Do you think, minority, you know, do you th CBC, the, uh, the CBC kids Twitter page like a year ago or whatever did this video and they posted the following. They're like, uh, we talked to kids about J.K. Rowling's transphobia. And I'm just like, fuck off. Yeah, so CBC, which isn't really considered like, well, to the right it is, but I don't consider it to be radically left wing, is just making a statement that just goes ahead and assumes that J.K. Rowling is a bigot. And you're just like, that, that's, I don't think that's true. I, I think that there is a nuanced no, discussion I, I to either. have. I, right? I don't either. I disagree with her. That's all. That's yeah. all. Well, and, and, and by the way, I don't think I don't. And I've said this publicly. I don't think that uh, uh, trans uh, women should be playing with with uh, biological women in sports. Well, then you're a bigot. OK, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I know I'm there. I know ultimately, uh, unless they're an athlete, uh, maybe that I'm ultimately uh, their their friend. Uh, but you know, and, and I can give you my reasons why, and I don't really care what people think. And I don't think you do either. I don't, I don't care what people think, but I do care what my next guest thinks. So we're going to be now by the eager beaver co-host himself, Douglas Connors. How you doing, Douglas? Oh, I, I'm doing well. I see this is going to be a light casual <laughs> Friday. <laughs> Not I so casual for this. I just literally <laughs> got back from my nephew's birthday. I, not really in the mood for something controversial, to be totally honest. Oh. <laughs> but uh, go ahead. I'm in a really, really, really happy mood. I just spent like a beautiful weekend with my 14-year-old nephew and my 10-year-old niece, and it's all been love. That's so horrible I really assumed we were doing casual Friday on Monday. So <laughs> I do not know what I walked into. 
This is my <laughs> casual, but I hate to tell you. Well, okay. wait, hold on a second. I, 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 I hear what you, I hear what you're saying, but you're among friends here. We're not going to like get mad at each other or anything like that. We're going no. to just uh, talk, normal discussion. Talk we talk about anything. <laughs> we can we can even pivot away in a second, but but hey, but let's do this. Let's do an overarching kind of like question. I was talking about this with Karima Sad on my show last week, um, and her and I seem to agree that when it comes to activism of any kind, mm. problems often arise. And when I say problems, I mean uh, within activist circles and then detractors of whatever issue these activists are representing, where mm -hmm. the media and the public at large view activist groups as completely infallible so no matter what they say if you disagree with even an iota of what they say that you're labeled a bigot do you find yep. that to be a problem uh, i find that to be a problem and i've been on the receiving end of it myself really yep share with us uh the year that uh, pride toronto had black lives matter as uh in the front of the parade mm -hmm. um and the prime minister was going to participate in Pride, being the first Prime Minister to ever attend a Pride in the year that the Pulse nightclub massacre happened. Right. Uh, so, uh, and then uh, the Parade was held up at a moment uh, by the people uh, from Black Lives Matter. Um, some people were fine with that because the cause was the cause and all, were they gay? all methods... I'm gay and I'm part black, so I got a foot in each camp. No, no, I'm saying not you, not you. Were were the were they just there at the gay pride? Day the the co-founders no, 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 of Black no, no. the co-founders of Black Lives Matter Toronto are mostly lesbians and trans. But go ahead, Douglas. Okay, but yeah. what happened is that it seemed that there was a history of um, the black community trying to be, get some type of representation visibility at Pride, and it wasn't really happening. And so the two groups weren't close together. So there would seem to be uh, Pride had reached out in a move and said, come and be the marshals of our parade this year because, you know, all the things, right, that, it, that were happening. And at that moment, um, uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, group decided it was in their strategic interest uh, to make a big PR move, uh, which was to do something that would hold up the parade not just be part of the parade oh, at the front, part of it. Moment, participate with us and start something that could be an alliance for a while. Um, they said, because, let's be honest, I mean, if we're talking strategy, Toronto Pride is one of the biggest prides. All the cameras are on at the moment and the prime minister is going to be there. Yeah. So I feel I like that, that, that hurt that hurt Black Lives Matter, if I recall correctly, because that coupled with the um the whole uh cops can't be in the parade was which was, is another thing i don't understand and you can have uh you could there's, there's an argument for and against that or whatever but yeah. it really did create a divide in in the pride community i thought it did it did yeah and again I, and i think it comes from where you come from and like in the movement right um when i came out well on the cop thing just as an aside when i came out in 1989 in ottawa ottawa was the gay bashing capital of canada really Right. Hull was open till three o'clock in the morning. Ottawa was open till one. A lot of people would go back and forth, right? So then you came back at Hull from three o'clock in the morning, and there were people that got thrown off bridges or off the escarpment at Major Hill Park, in the back. Um, the first uh, hate crimes, uh, hate bias crimes unit was in Ottawa. The first police liaison committee was in Ottawa. That was all the basis that started our hate crime laws. Hmm. At the moment, was, uh, was, was, was going on in Ottawa. Ask, can I ask you a question? 
Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. So uh, Black Lives Matter reached out to the gay community or the pride uh, organization wanting to be part of it because they thought it was good for their PR. And then they disrupted it mm-hmm. by stopping the parade. I, I'm not I, I'm sorry. I, I don't I'm not. Familiar yeah, with similar. Um, I'll, I'll just finish the, the aside. Uh, so I come from a period where there were still. Uh, bathhouse raids where there were places in the city that you couldn't go and if you went to the cops you'd get laughed at where to a part to a point now where police forces will actually be recruiting actively people from the community and they will be marching in our parades so i see that gone from here to there there's a younger generation that sees it from here oh i see Right. Their relationship. We see we I saw the growth to where we are now. Is it perfect? No. Was the equity distributed evenly among all the subgroups within the LGBT community? No. As in regular life. Did a lot of us, once we got our right, sort of take the bricks and built them behind us? They did the LGB, but they didn't really do the do the T at first. Yeah. Yeah kind of left them behind and a lot of us just took ours. Yeah. So, so, you know, there's a lot of reasons for which people are upset that are legitimate. Um, so that's, but that's where for me, the rainbow is about everyone. So the fact that we're saying that if you happen to be a policeman and you want to march in pride as your authentic self, and you're proud to be a police officer, and that's what you want to wear that day. Everybody can do that, but you. Who, who, who made that rule? The police board? No, there were no, people no, no, on no, the no, pride no. board in Toronto, if I do recall, Douglas, that were like that yes. were part of Black Lives Matter, and I think that they had a quorum and and, and eventually started to create yeah, but, internal policy. Right? But I think this, that's wrong. This is wrong. this is not limited to Toronto. It's been throughout the sort of movement. Okay. It's you know you may have you may be doing right by us better than before but you're still not doing right by trans people when they come and report and all that kind of stuff so until you do that you're not invited i see right so i understand it but i can make a case for both but for me my end it's like the rainbows everyone and when we're saying like on this day everyone can participate that you can still participate if you're a policeman you just can't come in uniform by the way what if that's that's something you're proud of it right is the gay cop? I mean, he can't change the policy of the police force. I, I, mean, I know. You know but what I mean? Let him. Let him. You know. I don't know. It, that, it, that's it, my you have to understand in, in in gay activism because of the HIV thing, the yeah. the public shaming thing, right? I mean, we used to do die-ins in the streets, right, in front of pharmaceutical mm-hmm. companies, because yeah. so this the, the shaming the is the way that we we've gotten things done. Because the, really the worst thing was how costs on the other end. So they're the, the tried, tried and true strategies within the community. But what what happened is, is that at that moment um, when that happened, so basically it was pride that reached out, I guess, to Black Lives Matter and said, listen, you know, we haven't really done right by you. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. come on over. Let, let's start this. I don't I'm not sure if that's how it went down. That's how I assume it went down, uh, because, I mean, they had a the black community had a point had a point that there wasn't very much space for them in overall pride like this in terms of visibility and whatnot and 
so I guess with new leadership at Pride and whatnot, someone dis- some people decided to reach out. Obviously, they both agreed to collaborate. But what the people at Pride, I assume, did not know was that Black Lives Matter Toronto was going to use that event. Right? They had a choice at that moment. Cement a relationship for the long term. That was the long term play. Or the short term play is all the cameras of the international world, because it's one of the biggest prides in the world, so it gets covered in the United States, and right, are watching. This is your moment. Hijack and the parade. Yeah. And, and you know it. what? Listen, strategically, strategically, in terms of all of that, it was. You could th- you could make a case for it was smart, but the thing is, is that with the confluence of it being the prime minister there for the first time, so we were really being recognized for the first time, it was kind of our moment. Yeah, and then there was and the let's not let's not forget thing. let's not forget that one of the co-founders of, of of Black Lives Matter Toronto, like I don't know how long before that, called Justin Trudeau a white supremacist terrorist. So it's not mm. like you know they. they my problem with Black Lives Matter is not that the, their their mission to to create racial equality that obviously is like an important thing, but um, I think that their Achilles' heel was that they only had one setting and it was like shout fire, but they never had a setting that was like now how do we productive now that you're looking at our fire how can we well, be productive moving forward they never had that step right and that's why I'm sort sort certain to go there, um, so. The other thing that what was is because of the Pulse nightclub massacre, yes, it was a celebration that the prime minister was there. We're finally being recognized by the leader of our nation as full citizens like this, and not by us going to him, but he's actually coming into our house, into our home, right? Tolerance is different when you say, yeah, I'll have you in my house. Oh, but I'm never going to go into yours or I'm the minority. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that'll never... So, symbolically it's really really big so we have that celebration and we have the fact that we're mourning Mm. as well as a community so it's a sort of bittersweet moment it's like it was real like somewhere along the way they should have turned around said you know what maybe not this year doing that maybe let's just do the thing the way the thing should be done and then let's see where this can go because the thing is, is that when you look at minority communities, the LGBT community has gotten very far in a short time, historically. Okay? Yeah. But there's a reason for that, right? We did the militant thing, the die-ins and the embarrassing, but we also we did the, the, the activism, but we did the advocacy. We had a group of people doing both. That's right. We had people running for council and running for school boards and forming organizations and working with government like this. And then we had the militants that when they were stepping out of line would make some noise and then, you know, okay, okay, we'll come. But they had people to negotiate with. How how much Douglas relationship where those skills could have been transferred, they could have, you know, the people from Black Lives Matter could have culturally adapted them to what they needed, but the basic skills, and we could have been there like, you know what, this is your lead like this, but we've got our hand on the, you know, on the small of your back. If you need us, we're standing right behind you. Douglas, how much do you think a timid media was wasted? How much do you think a timid or inefficient media um, is to blame for 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 some of these things, and, and I'll expand on that. Um, if you remember the the professor, I think it was Mississauga who wore those prosthetic boobs. 
Hmm. And and you saw the media like really like I, I don't want to say anything because I I don't want our organization to be considered anti whatever, and you saw the school board being like uh, I he should protect his rights to wear, and then you found out months later that no one even bothered to cover that the only time that person wore those prosthetic boobs was at school. <laughs> it's just like I felt like you know what I mean like but we're so it was a perfect litmus test on on what the media. Hmm covers and doesn't cover strictly out of fear of being labeled something. But here's the thing, right? The story isn't, do we fear this? Do we not fear this? It's why are you doing this? What? From whose point of view? Yeah. The person who's the person who was wearing the prosthetics. Yeah. I, why? why? I don't remember reason? anyone asking him that question except for Brian Lilly. I, I thought that immediately. I, I thought it was inappropriate. That's the, that's the person the shouldn't lose their job, that they should be told, you know what? You but we're polarized. Yeah, you can only have one of two positions, pro or anti. You can't yeah, be in the, you know, and the media is like that too. people do things matter? Yeah. Right? I, 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 I think of the Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter, thing, not the, the take a knee thing, Kaepernick, right? Yeah. He takes knee. He tells people, this is why I'm taking a knee. Yeah. Right? The black man says, this is why I'm taking this knee. And then you get all these white people turning around. Well, what he's really doing is, what he's yeah. disrespecting the flag. It's like, what bigger form of racism can you have than to take the words out of a black man's mouth and say, I'm doing this, taking your white words, stuffing them into his mouth and saying, this is what he's really saying. Yeah. Douglas, what is your wh wh whose side? I, I hate to say it. Whose side but, are you? And on nobody the, made that. Nobody made that the story. That was never the story. Why are they doing that? What's like, your, why what are side they? Are you on? Do you think it was? Why did they take his black words out of his mouth, put their white words in his mouth, and made him say, made his protest be about what they said it was, not what he said it was, and then ran with that? And how was that allowed to happen for months and years? Why is this he, guy not have a job? Because for some people, because for some people, you cannot change the importance or the context or the level of respect you must show to the national anthem. For some people, it doesn't even matter what he says. National anthem's on. Respect our military. I don't care what you say. You know that's the point, they're, yeah, they're militant the about point that. Shit. Of the re not only, you know what? I disagree with your reason. I don't think it's good enough. No, it's like he's not. He's not really protesting police brutality against black people. He hates our military. Come on, man. Can we get back to, completely get unnecessary. Back to the teacher, please, with the fake uh, boobies? So it's the same thing here. It's like, if you don't, maybe there was a beef with the school. I don't know about the story. I just looked at it and I said, this is ridiculous. I didn't tune into that one. I guess maybe she had a beef with her employer somehow. Or he had, I, I, I don't even know how they had to, or they, I don't know. We didn't see one really interview with that teacher, though. Comment, but there was maybe not there was a beef. Yeah, that's true. What, what, what was going on? Was this a protest of some kind? No, apparently... You said it was every day. It was uh, yeah, but was it a protest of some kind? Were they protest until something happened? Where was it something happened to that person? Wasn't getting action? This, this is the way I'm going to bring attention to it. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's appropriate. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's appropriate. Yeah, it's just like very it's, simple. It, it's yeah. a, it doesn't go into a gay issue or political but, no, no. issue. But it's look a, at what's appropriate to teacher at school. It's certainly the question. The question is if the cause is noble enough. Are all methods, no matter how inappropriate, good? And that was the problem with the Black Lives Matter thing. When I said, you know what, maybe there was a better way to do that. 
then I got accused by certain people of being right. this type of person and whatnot. And I'm sitting there like this, well, you're siding with the oppressors. So it's like, you do understand that I am part black as well. Yeah. Right. It's not just gay. It's not just black. I'm looking, I got a side like this. This didn't help the gay side of the cause for us because we had our moment taken from us. Because, and a, it certainly didn't have some black and white. Us, we look, we didn't look, we looked like we walked into someone's home after we, they invited us in and that we peed all over the floors and wiped ourselves with the drapes. It wasn't a good look for anyone. You know, you know what I think. These, that. You know what I think these issues need sometimes is like you know how like when when there's two countries say in the Middle East or whatever, and they're they have a conflict that won't go away, and then they send in a special envoy to mediate between the two countries. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this lately. Uh, I mentioned this to Karima about how a lot of these arguments can be solved by removing the politics from them entirely. So, for example, mm-hmm. drag That's queen awesome. story time. No one should have a problem with that. As long as dress codes that apply to that school are also applied to the person reading the story. Then you don't have to think gay or not gay or straight or not straight or trans or not trans. The bathroom thing. If society would just stop making it seem like peeing and pooing should be communal and just give us all our singular fucking stalls with a door where we don't have to even fucking think about other people... The argument gets removed. The politics gets removed. You know, so we don't have to do these things. We don't have to have these fights. Right? But you said something so interesting, James, uh, and it's so true about the press. Hmm. The press glammed onto that teacher story because did you see those, the tits on the, <laughs> they were ridiculous. They That's were beyond Dolly Parton. Okay. It was a, a cartoon. It was a, yep. something people would eat up on the media. So they, they look go- like Lachlan's balls, but go ahead. Like Lachlan's balls. <laughs> Once a year, I bring out a Lachlan balls joke. So good. You see, have big balls. <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently they hang down really low. So, low what I'm told. Listen, when it's hot, sometimes mine get low. But anyway, he doesn't jog because of them. If that gives you an idea. <laughs> okay, but that's your. You're right. The media, and that's what I said earlier to you today. Social media, the mainstream media. They guide they, they guide the conversation, even if the conversation's ridiculous and yeah, everybody yeah. jibes in because it's it's what's the word? Uh, you know, there's conflict in it or there's uh, sex in it or there's whatever. And it's it, polarizing. It, it's polarizing. And that's why polarization is so dangerous, itself. because because when the story like that first breaks. If you write out of the gate, even if you're a progressive and especially if you're a progressive because it, it, it makes you feel like so confused. If right out of the gate, you're just like, well, that's wildly inappropriate. You yes. will be immediately put into a box with the mega people. I don't care. And, and, and that's what, well, no, but the problem, that's the problem of polarization is that there's no nuance. There's no, no like ability to have a conversation. Go ahead. But I, I totally some, things, some things are inappropriate and we're in an era where even though we can all recognize they're inappropriate, the other side is not going to agree that it is. Because it doesn't serve the interest. Right? Yeah. We're in an age where people are wearing these huge prosthetics because the first person willing to rush to a mic to say the stupidest, most racist, bigoted thing gets the airwaves. Yes. Yeah. You've got to do that like this. If, if I were a teacher, let's say, and I had a beef, this, what better way to get national attention strategically than a wear big like this? And have my if you don't care what you look, no, I'm just saying st- strictly strategically, right? Got media attention, everybody talked about that person, the people who were really into it, knew every single detail. I didn't care. I saw that, I thought that's just not worth my time. 
I didn't tune in at all. There's only so many hours in the day. I, I curate news for my show. There's some, I didn't even talk about it once. I just, this is the first time I talk about it on any podcast. I just, I really did not care. Yeah. And that's, it is a nothing burger. You're absolutely right. But, but we're not but, really talking about point. that. We're talking about the trend of how stories yeah. like that can come out and there's no productive conversation because the no. flags are planted in each no. side. Yep. You know? Well, you yeah. we're having one. I, you know, it's, so it yeah. does occur. It's just on a mass level, you you could be right. And that's a frightening uh, thing to think about. Yes. Yeah. It's just all no dealing with the really important issues and the, you know, except for the politicians and, and, you know, some of them are have zero integrity or tell the truth. So I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm of two things. Like I posted the Brady bunch variety show where they're dancing, (laughs) you know, so I like, what did you put as the caption? What's wrong with America? What? (laughs) Your caption was funny. It was like everything wrong with America or something like that. No, what was it? I, I can't yeah. remember that. I, I, I know what I said, but I don't think it was that. Um, yeah. Anyways, my point is that I like the stupid shit as well, but yeah. there has to be a, a line of like, okay, yeah. this is ridiculous. Yeah. This is just ridiculous. I, I, I'm about to enter this, um, an interesting conundrum with my son, uh, who's going into grade four. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what grade it comes in, where they, um, but I've seen the curriculum at my school my son's school um, where I think they identify like seven dozen genders. And, and, and I'm just like, I, I, I don't believe that it exists. Um, and, and I don't know what to do about it. I, I don't, because I'm not all like, you know, I know that my children, when they're home, I can just tell them, listen, like there are people, everyone's unique. Um, there are men, women, trans women, trans men, that all is fine. Um, but the other things are so theoretical. I, I don't know. I, I had an interesting conversation with, um, Morgane Ogre, who's a trans activist from Vancouver. And I, I said, we were talking back and forth. It was a fine conversation and we were, the subject got onto like the dozens and dozens and dozens of genders. And I'm like, is there an app that we can have where, um, when a new gender is discovered, we get an alert and also okay. who discovered it. And can people I are like, that's so transphobic. And it's just can like, ask, yeah. What can I ask, ask you a question? Like, okay, do you really, really believe that there are dozens and dozens and dozens and whatnot? Or is this, there's like... No, he doesn't, but I don't even I don't. Know I believe that there are four. No, no, but what I'm saying, that like the, that they're actually teaching that there are dozens and dozens. Like, is that just for effect here? Or? Dude, New York State literally legislated something like... Like, Google, someone Google it. They legislated that you can be charged with discrimination if you don't recognize... I think at the time it was like 38 genders. I don't I, believe it. it. Please, like, trust me on this. Like, the pendulum went so far to the left at one point and no one fucking noticed. Why do you think we're having weird discussions right now where people are like, well, I don't see why a sex offender can't claim to be female and put in a woman's prison. Why do you think that's oh, even a discussion okay, wait now? A minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know? wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, okay, 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 I'm seeing here. 15 years. Okay, I'm seeing what you're Like, okay, companies could not, get not, fined not, like 100 grand for, like, discriminating against um people you know people that have i don't dude can someone give me an example of uh i don't know uh gender number 12 i don't know i don't even know what you're talking about i can't i can't ever read it because my eyes are rolling so it makes it it okay Okay, yeah okay but here's the thing you're not from the culture i get it these are all terms that i've heard these are but are we legislate shouldn't we should we be legislating these 
though? No, but like, by the way, all my fans think I'm from your culture, but they're wrong. But anyway. <laughs> like, like, how could we discriminate against a gender that we don't even know exists? <laughs> Seriously. No, no. This, but how does that not, play out in the real world? Is it a real thing? No. Is, is there lawsuits happening? I, I think it's No, all but I mean, it's, no, it's, it's just, okay, the word here is genders. They're not 31 genders. They're 31 gender identities. Okay. So that includes like drag queens and drag kings and and that's for the city, not for schools and whatnot. So, right. you know, so when you think about it, you think how variety, you know, there are, there are people who are trans who are pre-op, they're post-op, there are, uh, there are, are people who uh, are intersex. There are people that are um, that identify as two spirit. There are people who identify as gender fluid. Uh, so I mean, gender fluid one bothers me. Just want to say it out loud, but go ahead. Go ahead what does gender fluid mean? I have no idea. I can, I don't want to say it because if I say it's, it, it will sound really hateful. The, <laughs> okay, the, so, uh, think of um, uh, the guy there from One Direction. What's his guy? Wow. The singer, Harry Styles. Okay, gender fluid. Sometimes he's sometimes he's wearing he's posing for something in a dress, and the other times he's out like you know kicking a soccer ball. Well, what's his sexual orientation? I have no clue. Okay. But doesn't it also I, like? But it, isn't the claim at that point right? Okay. So that's what I mean. It's it, yeah. In that isn't sense, there's thing, a lot. Is this a real thing? But, but this is, is like yeah. It's, it's mixing gender identities <laughs> and, and actual no. genders and stuff. It, it get, trust me, it gets messy. I don't even get it all. Yeah. A couple of years ago, there were all these new flags that popped up, and I had to go look them up because I didn't know where they all came from and what they meant. Yeah, I mean, we don't it, have to... it's for, for us old ones here, all of this is a lot of this is new for us too. Yeah, but they, it isn't in morning announcements. They have to say boys and girls and trees no, and no, no, uh, no. no, of course not. So one time no, I no, got into it. One time I got into a very weird situation where. I was talking with someone, this is years ago, like five, six years ago or something. And the subject of two-spirited came up. And I was like, I, they're like, do you believe in two-spiritedness? And I'm like, I literally can't. And they're like, what why? And I'm mean? like, I'm an atheist. What does it mean? Two-spiritedness, from my best of my understanding, is within your, if you're indigenous, uh, if you are gay or trans, you, you are seen as having a bit of both spirits, the male and the female spirit in you. So you have two spirited, and in many cultures they were viewed and uh, they were held in high regard as uh, people, I guess, uh, of wisdom or within community. But yeah. and my position was: listen, I, I I think it's great. You believe whatever like, you want, but I was culture, pressed. Right? I was pressed, and I was like, yeah. I can't so say what? that I believe in it because I don't believe in God. So, so if I don't believe in so God and spirit, who cares? Well, yeah. it's not that I but care. It, it, it's, I'm just giving an example. It's not about me personally. It's just giving an example of how the discussion say, is too many landmines, and people are afraid to have discussions, right? Like, see, I'm not. At, I go through the landmines, and then if they don't listen to my explanation, I tell them to fuck off. There go ahead, go. Douglas. But I said, you know, you could like in other terms, you could you could call it like in other circles, they might call it dual energy. Yeah, maybe. Right? And that's fine. Like, you, you have some, you have some female, and you have some male energy, and. I believe we all have a little bit of both because, you know, you come from I both. I mean, there's people but, that like you know, the Pete movie. Like, who cares? Like, I really don't care about any of this stuff. Let them identify whatever yeah. the way they want to. But that's, and that's what the whole thing to, is. What? That's what the whole thing is, right? It's like, yeah. how do people want to identify like this? It's like, to me, 
all this stuff is people are making this way more complicated than it needs to be. Because to me, this is no different than if we introduce each other and you say, is it Douglas or Doug? And I say, Douglas. Now, some people mind and some people don't. I don't really mind Doug. Or I prefer Douglas. If somebody says Doug, I'm not going to get mad. Some people are really sensitive about it. So let's say I was really sensitive about it because let's say I don't like Doug Ford, so please don't call me Doug. Hmm. Hey, Doug, what do you think about that? It's Douglas, please. Hey, Doug, what do you think? That, that, hmm. It's fucking rude. Oh, that's when you go right? fuck off. Right? <laughs> well, it's like, well, he, it's she. Well, he, it's, it's really, it's just don't be a fucking douche. Exactly. But, 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 I'll just call them that. And, where's the let's and then treat them like a human being. And that's no, it. I was just about to say, Jen Wood, I was like, let Douglas speak. I don't recall not letting Douglas speak. I, I've been I speaking know. a lot tonight, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> more okay. than usual. Just, just wanted to get that no, out. Because you're, no, in a way, you're, you're more in tune with this discussion for, because of who you are than yeah. uh, either of us. And that's fine. I, mean, I, I had, I, you know, I've had trans friends for a long time. Right? Yeah. We have conversations, we talk, uh, but I mean, even with that, a lot of this, I mean, there, there was a period of time where I was sitting there thinking like, okay, if it's female to male trans, is it he, or is that he, she, is that he, which one is it going, and, you know, and then there were times there when the, there was a time about like six or seven years ago where the words were changing pretty quickly because the community itself hadn't agreed on. So you'd use one and that would be offensive to one person and another. And it's like, okay, you know, let, let's take a step from the actual word and see what my intent, what are each of our intent is here. That it's is like such, that is such a good point. And if I'm using the wrong word with you, please tell me, I'd be happy to use the right word. I, I don't mean to like this, but first don't assume the worst of me because I happen to say the wrong word. Douglas, I think, I think you just, I, I think you just made like one of the best points that you could make, which implied uh, and I agree with this 100% for almost every group, that it's not a monolith. Every trans person and activist aren't going to uniformly agree with each other. There's no right? council like, of elders. That's right. That's right. That's why I'm when I had Karina, elders. when I had I mean, Spenny, when I had Karina Khan on, she's a trans woman. She has spoken in the legislature. I, I don't remember what state. I'm sorry, Karina, um, what state it was. And she was talking about uh, trans women in women's sports being... Um, I don't know if she said anti-women or uh, bad for women, whatever it was that she said. And literally, if you took the transcript and you applied it to a Republican, people would be like, what a fucking bigot. But it's proof that there's no monolith in the trans community. And some trans not. women and some trans activists are like, listen, obviously, I'm for trans rights. I just don't think trans women should be in men's sports. And it's just like, okay. We can have in that a conversation. Smaller sense, I, I used to have this girl, uh, woman that I, I, I called women chicks. Because I like Frank Sinatra. And she said, you can't call women chicks. And I, I said, why not? And she said, because it's demeaning. I go, I don't mean it to be demeaning. And uh, we had a huge fight about it. And I never talked to her again. Because <laughs> she's a fucking douchebag. Like, uh, you know, if I, and I'm honest enough, if I really meant something horrible, I'd call her a slut or a whore or a skank or a cunt, whatever. You know, like, it's just, I know the type that drives you crazy, uh, James, and they drive me crazy, too, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't say chicks anymore. What did you, <laughs> you say? I don't have that issue. Yeah. <laughs> what issue? Women don't drive me crazy. Oh, okay. Oh. No, it I'm good. Been anybody. It's been <laughs> I love women. Women love me. We're good. 
<laughs> uh, that's true. You are loved, beloved by but, by but, most but, women but, I know. But then that gets into freedom of speech, and that's that's such a complicated matter. And it, and what I just said, chick versus woman or whatever, is just such a inf infinitesimal nothingness. You, in you know what I heard uh, when I was in the states not too long ago, and we'll end on this actually, um, uh, or, or in the next couple minutes or whatever, because uh, I thought it was hilarious. I was with a couple people, and there was a woman in our group. And, she, and we were talking about men that open doors for women and how mm -hmm. some women find that offensive as if they're not able to open the door for them. Other right. women ever, other women find it to be polite. This, this woman said this. She's like, I don't like having the door open for me in like a restaurant, so I go in first because what if on the other side of that door is something that I need protection from? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck. Well, how about really? just say, hey, you know, no offense. I, I I like to open my own doors. You know what I'd say? Fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Can you hold it open for me? Is what I'd say. A good maneuver, if you want to split the difference, open the uh, go through the door, and before you walk all the way through, hold it open for whoever's behind you. You know, then you're like a moderate. My final <laughs> thought, and then we'll we'll uh, let Douglas talk or Jade, is that I don't hate anybody except assholes and jerks Bingo. and dudes. brave. And they, and they come in, shut up, and they come in every sexual orientation, yes. every color, every race, yes. every religion. Yes. And that's yes. my golden rule right there. Yes. Nobody wins the purity test except for the purity tester. That's right. Uh, Spencer Rice, Benny, Douglas, thank you no, guys I for joining me today. I have the last word with that. I want uh, Douglas, uh, people, I'm not reading the comments. He just had the last word. He just said it. <laughs> Way to fuck over the last word. Okay, fine. <laughs> That's what he does. That's what he does. I want it to be the second last word. <laughs> well, now you got the last word. Okay. Spenny, Spenny, Douglas, thank you guys for joining us. I really appreciate the time today. Love. Oh. That was fun. Maybe I'll just keep doing that. It's casual Friday on Mondays. Um, and by the way, everyone gets to look, looks at the word casual for casual Friday as some literal thing where we have to only talk about lighthearted shit. That's not really what it is. Um, just means talk. <laughs> That's all it means. When I have Karima on, we have like interview topics that I want to cover. It's kind of more, not rigid, but like organized, um, casual Friday stuff. It's really just like, let's shoot the shit, see where it goes. And, uh, and I was happy with this today. So I'm glad, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we're working out the, the, uh, schedule right now, but, um, this week, sometime this week, I am going to have, she's kind of a Canadian icon, I think. Uh, she was a much music VJ. Then she started the Yummy Mummy Club, and she's been doing a bunch of cool shit ever since then. Erica M. will be on the show sometime this week. I just have to figure out exactly what time. Uh, for those under 30, look her up. For those over 30, that's the one. And we'll see you next time on Black Bolt. Black Bolt. Black, black, black Bolt. Black Bolt. Black Bolt. Black, 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 black The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. 
Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests. The Blue Hotel Hotline at every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.